Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and you have reached Venus Unplugged. And what we're doing for the next couple of weeks is uh, exploring the myth uh, of the goddess Inanna, who is uh, one of the early versions of Venus. She was considered not only queen of heaven, but of earth, and did a tour of duty in the underworld to her dark sister, Arishka Gal. So this is quite a myth, and it's and it lives. This is why what I'm doing here is, is bring, bringing up, because what is in the collective unconscious? You hear that word, collective unconscious. Well, the collective unconscious uh, is memory of, you know, hundreds and thousands of years of cultural development. So before we had any consciousness, let's say, you know, we had to have 5,000 years of falling off mountains so that in the, in the collective unconscious, it's like, don't walk off the mountain. And it becomes an instinct. So this is why the collective unconscious is so powerful. And if we're not aware at least of its existence and that it is operating in everyone's life, it's live and operating, but not to our knowledge. So our personal Unconscious is the stuff we don't know about ourselves personally. It's our own soul's journey and memories. But beneath that is the kind of the black oil of that's used for diamonds and consciousness, and that's all within us. And we are in that. So this ancient myth. And the reason we, we talk about myths and dreams, and these are the things that are in there, and this is the language. So when we start stirring memory, particularly through art and through poetry and through movement, and, you know, history and song, this is why we do all these things, because it's not literal, it's symbolic. So... In Sumaria, all right, uh, the goddess Inanna was also uh, considered a connection to the Great Mother. This is a very interesting book, When God Was a Woman. And that's all about this period of time. Now, what's happening now in our modern world, I don't think it's about replacing the patriarch uh, with the matriarch. It is about realizing that we are all of this and bringing up all all of that and working with it, not choosing one over the other or splitting ourselves uh, because that's where we get a lot of problems. We split. Well, um, you know, there's an old saying, uh, you know, there'll always be war because God is on both sides. Now, if we look at that, it's true because God, you know, with the divine energy or forces in everything, and it's not necessarily going to favor it's just the way that it moves. So uh, here, what uh, 
a lot of people do not know the myth of Inanna, this incredible uh, erotic story. And it's not that it's erotic because it's so sexual. It's filled with eros. It's filled with the living force. Of what, that's what real sexuality is. Real sexuality, the Venusian sexuality, is the power, is the force. Not over and not to be used. It is the living principle. It walks and breathes. It's without shame. It's without the mark of man. It's pure. It's delightful. And that's part of what I would like to explore here, you know, particularly with Inanna. I mean, she just like carries on about her vulva and just how fantastic it is. And wouldn't that be marvelous to just kind of strut around knowing you've got this and it's yours, not necessarily to be given away, but to be known without shame, without sin, with no marketing. So there were at least... Uh, 30,000 lines of Sumerian writing. It's mostly in poetic form. Um, And there's a lot more to be translated. So there's like 29 epic tales, and 200 are hymns uh, with uh, proverbs, and these are the hymns to Inanna and the hymns to this story. So as uh, I said in the last 100 years, the... Scholars have been decoding all of, all of these stories. So here, and why now? Why was this found and discovered? And why is it so important? Because these are the poems and the stories of, of, of uh, the journey. Because uh, in life, because Inanna was queen of heaven and earth, but she had all these human feelings and uh, insights and experiences. So she wasn't just a deity hanging in the heavens. She was also queen of the heavens and the stars. Uh, so the women and the men delighted in her. It's a very real and living principle. It was not abstract. She was not an abstraction. Nor is the divine within you. It's not an abstraction. It's real. And it's, it's not meant to, like, oh, I'm so special. It is because you're alive and you're part of that, that consciousness. So Inanna, uh, where we left off, um, she had had a couple of drinks with the God uh, of Wisdom, and he, who was also part of shamanism, And uh, she worked away with a lot of his gifts. So Inanna is often spoken of as a young goddess, but she also assumes and shares many of the aspects of the Great Mother. And she's she's far more like a living incarnation of a myth uh, than the earlier goddesses. And this is what is so significant. And being able to experience that living myth consciously. So what does that mean, consciously? It's real. You can feel it. You can feel it in your blood. Or you can do active imagination and imagine just one cell in your body that has the memory 
Amainana. And this period in history, this great period in history of becoming whole. And the people always needed their stories and they needed love stories, right? And they needed, because she is uh, Venus incarnate, she's Venus on the earth, not an abstraction. And this is where the myth of the resurrected sun comes from, uh, the going into the underworld. So we leave Inanna off, and she becomes the holder of the me, M-E. And that's the Sumerian tablets of the law. And she incarnates the principle of justice, derived from the idea of the duality of the lunar power, and can balance uh, the giving of life with the taking away. So she is a goddess of both life and death. She embodies the cycle aspects of time. She is both the goddess of life and death and the goddess of fertility. And her myth uh, revolves around the connection made between the light and the dark lunar phases and the rhythm and how the rhythm alternates of the earth and from fertility and barrenness. She is vir- both virgin creatrix and sorrowing mother or consort. Alternatively, she is the bringer of life and the bringer of death. So as virgin, which is the state where we're still uh, working on here, I know another virgin, um, she carries within herself the totality of life and the totality of the moon cycle and her triune uh, character of the goddess as mother, bride, and sister of the young god shows the trinity of the light lunar phases. The fourth dark phase in the Sumerian mythology is personified by uh, her dark sister, Gal, and she's queen of the underworld. And in Hebrew mythology, Lilith inherits the role of the dark aspect of life's power to withdraw uh, the forms that it has created. In Greece, uh, Gal, uh, Lilith would become Hectate, queen of the night. So, Virginity, it, it, was, it was always seen, it was an image of belonging to the Great Mother as the lunar goddess. So she represents life itself, life in the cycles. So when we're in a virgin state, it's, it's unknown. It's, it's not a sexual position. It's a state of consciousness, although it can be, of course, uh, uninitiated. So when we're virginal, we have been uninitiated. We don't know. And um, I think in, in when we are ready to be initiated, uh, sometimes rather rudely, fate will initiate us, whether we like it or not. It's time to grow. Something happens. We refuse or will not accept growth. We'll get an accident. If the accident doesn't teach us, uh, and that, that's not punishment. Now you have to remember. Very, very, very important. Inanna is complete. 
doesn't split off. She's everything. She's life and death, or life slash death. Um, sexuality and birth. She's all of that. And that's incredibly important to try to grasp and to sense it in your being and to live it. So when you find yourself splitting off with the, yeah, but, on the other hand, which we all do because we live in the 21st century or partially living. Um, excuse my, my uh, voice today. I still have a little bit of a cold here. And so if we could imagine that, that both at simultaneously, and that's what she represents in all of us, and when she begins to awaken, when she decides to ruffle her feathers, so to speak, and she decides to take a little walk and try out her virginity, there's a wonderful uh, line in one of the poems. So she decides, okay, I'm Inanna. I'm queen of heaven and earth. I am in my virgin state. Not quite sure what that's going to be. Only she knows something. And that she delights in within herself. So, you know, usually uh, if you're going out on your journey, I mean, you prepare and, you you know, you get your objects of war and strife and struggle and survival. And Inanna puts her crown on. And she, you know, she kind of leans against the wall and goes like, oh, wow, and I've got a vola, and I am, this is just too glorious. I mean, in the poem, she goes on and on and on in the most delightful way. Now, wouldn't that be marvelous to be able to know that that feminine creatrix delights in you and you delight in it? It's not a power um, that... um, we use against it's for life because in that time and still today in the collective unconscious all life comes not from heaven it comes from the womb it comes from this great whoa this this fantastic aspect that's alive and alive with all the opposites And that's a very important part to becoming conscious. There is a movement in the unconscious, A, when we start bringing it up and start telling these stories to ourselves or to others, okay? And then when we start realizing, like, wait a second, I can't choose one over the other. I may experience one at a time, but not at the exclusion of the other because then the other is going to show up in my life in some rather tricky way. So that's, I think, the the new movement towards uh, what consciousness is, is being able to hold both. And these these, uh, myths and these poems uh, hold that for us. So she's in this virginal state, and uh, so the virgin goddess is life itself. And life, like the cycle of the moon, appears out of uh, itself without union, and without and without externally being itself, so it doesn't have to act out. It is. It's an isness. You be an isness, and she delights in it. She knows because she's Venus, 
And what is the thing about Venus? Venus is the goddess or the principle of abandon. She'll go wherever she needs to go because that's where she needs to be. And uh, she doesn't think of herself as sin or a mistake. How could she be? She's Venus. So where could there be, you know, uh, so much of of what goes on in this world is, you know, what, what people have made up of what should be and shouldn't be. But not Inanna. She knows, and even in her virgin state, which is the purity, nothing has been touched. So in a sense, she is also claiming the culture. Because after she leaves her little uh, encounter, her, her cocktails with the God of Wisdom, she keeps the shamanistic gifts. So when the God of Wisdom wakes up and says, yo, you know, where's my power? And the servant said, hey, yeah, you gave it to Nainana. You know, he flips. He goes to get them back. She says, oh, no, no. They're mine. So that, too, is an important image. When she is given these powers, these abilities, and much more, because so often when you're given a gift and then you, let's say you go on a shamanistic journey or you just experience something in life, suddenly you realize, so, wow, I can do that. And with that also comes this talent and that talent. So it's never just one. We start to blossom. So it's not that one petal, it's many petals. So Inanna keeps the shamanistic gifts and she's absolutely joyous about her vulva. She just knows. And she is, it's just wondrous to her. And she announces that like, wow, look at this. This is so fantastic. She doesn't understand the power of it yet because she's awakening. And just like when we are beginning something, when we are virginal because we're beginning something or an area in our life, and sometimes, uh, you know, when we begin the shadow work, that's virginal. We don't know. The shadow is alive and kicking and has been operating in our life unbeknownst to ourselves. So here she she has these powers. She She keeps them for herself, which I think is just unbelievably fantastic. Because... We all go on a journey. It, it's a call. And the story of Inanna is the story of becoming human. Because we go through all of these stages. So some of the gifts she is given, or you know, from this shamanistic god, this god of wisdom, uh, is, the, is the capacity, it's the art of lovemaking. And it's the uh, art of, of right speech. And it's the song of the elders, and it's the hero's power, it's kindness, it's protection and travel, it's the secret dwelling place. Now, these are all poetic terms. Um, it's, it's counsel. It's, it's the heart soother. Love that one. She is the heart soother. And uh, 
She is the giver of judgment. Now, judgment and, and justice very important to know what is just. And the greatest gift that is considered at that period of time is the making of decisions. Because the being able to, the making of decisions is considered the attributes of civilization. So as a queen, as a virgin queen, she brings these back to her city and evokes and develops in her people culture. And that's very important. We need to look at our culture now. And some of it's pretty marvelous and some of it's like, eh, all right. So here is this myth, this living myth in all of us. And she she incarnates both generous and wrathful feelings, both love and rage. She's ever-changing yet ever the same. Uh, by turn, she's radiant, and then she's thunder, and then she's destructive, and then she's defiant, and then she's judgmental, and then she's kind, and she's generous, she's peaceful, she's healing, she's erotic, she's decisive. And then, so isn't that the flux of the moon and, and the emotional energy in all of us? So um, even this great goddess has all of that. So she's not just some crazy bitch. So often when we're experiencing these flux in in our lives or in our relationships, the first thing we hear is, oh, well, you're just crazy. No. I'm switching gears. I may be moving from delight to rage, and it's coming. Or suddenly you can shock yourself with having an outburst of either joy or laughter or or rage. You you didn't even see it coming. And they just said that one too many times. How whack. There it is. Because it's living in us. We try to repress it. But if we know we're capable of going from zero to 100 Fahrenheit and rage, that's powerful. Not over another, but within yourself. Wow, how do I do that? Now, if the rage is just, you know, we, we can, uh, we've got a cause there. If, it, if it's um, emotional and just vengeful, well, we've got, we've got to check that one out. We have to see what that's about. But this is what she means to us. She is the great story of how, in a sense, we became human. What are the attributes? When divinity enters the earth. So the she's also uh, the goddess of, of the heavens, and she's the morning star and the, the evening star, Venus. The moon, Venus, and the star were the most important uh, symbols of this great goddess, this this great story. So that's one of the most important things. When in life, and we're given a gift, and someone says, oh, no, 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 you can't have that, because you're actually doing something with it, right? I want that back. And sometimes the people we love the most will try to take the gift back. It's like, no, 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 you can't have it. It's been given. 
And uh, I'm going to work with that. I'm going to make something of that. I'm going to live that. I'm going to allow that to blossom in me, in that virginal state. And that can live in all of us every single day. How often and how many times a day do you give your gift away without even realizing it? How many times a day do you hear, particularly women, they say it more often, I'm sorry. It doesn't even have anything to do with them. What are you sorry about? Oh, I'm sorry. Really? Why? No, I'm not sorry. No, I don't have to forgive because I'm not sorry. In certain circumstances. Um, So being able to say, I am not sorry... And holding a truth, not I'm not sorry because, um, you know, I want to revenge and I don't want to be aware of my vengeful fantasies. But you hear it again and again with women saying, I'm sorry. Something happens in the world and they go, oh, I'm sorry. Why? You could say, that's unfortunate. Or think to that well, this this happened, and this person needs to experience uh, something they don't know about ourselves, or we are a witness, or we have been selected by fate um, to play a role. But it's always the, the I'm sorry is to uh, I don't know why people say that all the time. You know, it's always a curiosity. I mean, to be honestly sorry, yes, of course when it's appropriate, but many, many, uh, particularly women, will say, I'm sorry. Listen to that. Check that. Are you really sorry? And if so, for what? Are you sorry that the world is the way that it is? Or in some way, are you taking responsibility that's not yours? And the opposite of the responsibility is a power that's not yours, a power to, are you unconsciously scapegoating yourself? What are you apologizing for? It's the way life is. Didn't create the shadow or good or evil. It's part of the living poetry of life. So I don't think you really hear Ainana saying she's sorry. She says, no. I'll pony up. I will work with these gifts that I've been given. I'm going to give them back to my people. And most of all, the capacity for justice to be able to make a decision to discern what is really going on here. That's why we love story. That's why we write stories. That's what dreams tell us. Dreams are always telling us like a, a, a resolution or what the story is according to the unconscious. We may think, oh, we're just peachy cream and, you know, that night you have a dream that's not uh, comfortable so that's uh, psyche saying hey you have to look at this another way you may think that's cool I don't you sold yourself out there what are you doing so Inanna and bringing this back and then she discovers woohoo uh, she's got she's fulfilling her her fate I suppose we could see it as her fate or her story, 
And then she starts to realize, wait a second, now that I have brought this back to the people, I've brought my gifts, I've given to the people, people are starting to become conscious, now I need to go and call my honey man, her beloved. So now she wants to move into the phase of lover and lover mother. That's what happens with us. So whether it's through stages in our life or that we're virginal with with an idea and all of a sudden we get an inspiration and that, that starts to flow and then that creativity wants to starts as one but wants to become two, starts to multiply, starts to engage with other people, starts to engage with talents and gifts you didn't know that you had or starts to engage in tools of, of writing and painting and drawing and snap uh, music. It engages. It brings something else in so that it can flourish. In this case, it's going to be Ainana in search of her honeyman. And these poems are so exquisite. And she speaks openly and fully of her honeyman and what he means to her and who she is. And she's thrilled. So next week, we're going to do the, the poem of Ainana and how she calls in her honeyman, man of my heart. So think about this. Find the inner Ainana, who's both heaven and earth. It's not split, it's separated. And her dark sister, Arishka Gal, who, when she goes into her shamanistic journey into the underworld, is quite an epic tale. So have a fabulous week. And until uh, next week, bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.